What kind of grade does the team deserve when you win 48 to 41 on the road with a lot of sloppy work? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching this show on YouTube or wherever you're going to download your podcast, the show is free. I appreciate your support. I need need you to show your appreciation. If you're watching on YouTube, it means a lot. Click that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button, and you won't want to miss one episode of Locked on USC. Click that bell notification and you are covered. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. If you follow this show every day, like most of you do, you know on Tuesday's episode of Locked on USC, I like to kind of close out the last game that USC finished off, hand out some grades, and then move forward. I... Give out the grades for the offense, the defense, special teams, coaching. But how in the hell do you grade a term paper that looked like that? It's it, it's almost like somebody turned in two papers just to see what kind of reaction you can get. Believe it or not, I actually did that in high school uh, for a creative writing class. Let me just pass on some words of wisdom. Don't do that. Some teachers do not appreciate being the muse for a satirical piece. So uh, go with your best effort every single time. And I, I think it's pretty clear that the first 27 minutes of the first half against Colorado, if you're going to give the team a grade, you're going to give them an A. I mean, they looked really good for almost 30 minutes, for a full first half. And then you see those final three minutes of the first half. And you said, okay, well, what happened? That doesn't look like an A A effort. It almost looks more like a C minus or a, I don't know if this is an actual grade, but WTH. What the heck was that? And then all of a sudden, you know, you go into halftime, you think, all right, regather yourselves, make some make some some adjustments, come out in the second half, reestablish that dominance. And when the second half started, that's exactly what they did. The defense looked like everything Trojan fans had hoped they would be and was going to continue what they did for, you know, mostly in the first half. And then the longer they went, you know, hopefully they were going to be getting better. They they got a couple three and outs, and then all of a sudden, you know, USC offense gets the ball and they score. It's forty-one to fourteen. There's about six minutes left to go in the third quarter. So what happened after that? Did they get tired? Were they tired? Personally, I don't think uh, the the early kickoff time had anything to do with it. And well, I'm sure the altitude had. A little bit to do with, you know, maybe the team being gassed. I don't think that I don't think it played that big of a role. 
So when everything stops working at the same time, that's when, to use a, an Urban Meyer um, colloquialism, time to look under the hood, see what's going, see what's wrong, what's, what, what needs to be repaired. This is what I saw. This game was finished, the, the way this game finished, uh, it's on Lincoln Riley. And it's, it's not that he was outcoached by Coach Primetime, Deion Sanders. I think Lincoln Riley outcoached himself. Uh, look, Lincoln Riley's probably saying, to, the un- to that untrained eye, you don't know what you're talking about. And he's probably right. But um, he would have to, it would take a really good lawyer <laughs> to convince me that uh, Lincoln Riley and USC did not abandon the running game when they needed to chew up the clock when they were leading 41 to 14. On the the road, even at home, but specifically on the road, shortening the game, that is always going to be a winning strategy, especially when you have a big lead. Take this into consideration. When the first team offense failed to score a point in the fourth quarter for the first time this season, because of that, because of the offense failing, that contributed to the defensive line being on the field for almost 100 snaps. So that, you know, big, huge guys playing at altitude, yeah, they could be affected. But they actually looked the strongest because that position, you know, the, the defensive line, the rush ends, those guys, I thought, probably looked the strongest throughout the game because they were rotated in a lot. Check out these num- Check out these numbers. We're going to check out a lot of numbers on this show. Um, by the way, the grade for USC that I'm giving them against Colorado, that 48 to 41, the grade is be better. I know, stupid corny, but they definitely didn't get a B grade. Let's just leave it there. The grade is be better. Getting back to the defensive line, the Russians, why they were so successful and, and having, for the most part, um, making plays. Bear Alexander, 62 snaps. Solomon Bird, 62 snaps. Dejon Benton played 54 snaps. Jamil Muhammad, 52. Anthony Lucas, Stanley Taufo, 32 apiece. You had Romello Height, 25. Keon Bars, 19. Braylon Shelby, 17. Tyrone Tulaney, his first game back after injury, 16. And then Jack Sullivan, only six. Um, That one I'm a little curious about. The number that really jumps out is Benton's participation numbers. and I mean, that's the first thing. He's up there, 54 snaps, right behind Bear Alexander and Solomon Bird, who have been stalwarts uh, through the first Five games now. But then let's let's look at the linebacker numbers. Here are the, here are the linebacker snap counts. Mason Cobb, 86 snaps. Taka Curtis, 57. Rajon Davis, 33. Eric Gentry, 9. Where was Shane Lee again? I, I mean, I'm sure they meant to play him again, but... After the ASU game, Riley said the plan was to use him and Rajon Davis more because neither one of them played in the ASU game. Uh, Riley also said that the best defense 
Um, the best defensive grouping is when Eric Gentry is on the field. Then why wasn't he out there? Nine snaps at linebacker. We know he was out there for special teams, blocked a punt. Mason Cobb, he led the Trojans with 13 tackles. That's the second most in his career. He had a he had a game high 16 last year against TCU when he was uh, at Oklahoma State. And then 11 of his 13 tackles were solo, which is a, a career high. Uh, his previous career high solo tackles, eight. He did that three times in 2022. Offensively, uh, Caleb Williams, look, he did everything you wanted, save for that one bad throw that turned into an interception. Uh, I, I thought the wide receivers, they, they had a solid game across the board. Uh, Brendan Rice, Tosh Washington, Mario Williams, they all played really, really well. Uh, but the offensive line and the running game, yeah, that wasn't, I don't think they were given a fair shot to find themselves. Maybe Lincoln Riley saw something that I wasn't look, I wasn't seeing. I look, I mentioned Justin Dedick and the the uh, illness he was dealing with, but you know you got four other guys on the offensive line that can help out. What I think happened was play calling, tempo, time management. I think all three of those kind of played a role in the offense's funk more than the start time or the altitude. They what. What they need to do, the offense, they just need to get it together at home against Arizona before they head to Notre Dame. And not just the offense, defense, special teams too. You want you want to use this game at home to fine-tune everything, figure it out, knowing, all right, this is when the season starts. Everyone anticipated USC is going to be 6-0 when they get on the road and go to South Bend, Indiana. They need to look like a, well, right now, the number nine ranked team in the country. Hey, I, I want to pass along a uh, a real quick memo from a friend of the show, Pete Arbogast. You know that name. Calls uh, Trojan Games on the radio for USC. The USC Perfect Club Day is going to meet uh, to toast USC, Ohio State, and Utah this Saturday, October 7th at 6 p.m. And that's on the dot, sharp. And they're going to do that in front of the Coliseum near the uh, near the torch in the naked uh, the naked naked headless statues. If you've been in the Coliseum, you know what I'm talking about. In front of the peristyle, you don't need to bring anything but yourself and some friends. Uh, little Debbie brownies and some sparkling cider will be served to everybody who shows up. Plus membership, uh, you'll you'll get a membership card for those who don't already have one. And if so, if you want to be a part of the Perfect Day Club, head on out there. Meet some Trojan fans, and uh, you can meet Pete RBS too, I think. So fight on, and then make sure everybody greets everybody with a, how do you do? Trojan fans, stop stressing out trying to get tickets. By the way, you only have a few home games left with Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams playing quarterback. So you need to download the Game Time app now with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. If you're a Trojan bandwagon fans, look, I know you guys like to maybe plan in advance, say, I'm going to go to that game. Don't. 
You don't have to do that months in advance anymore. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for the football games, for basketball. Season starts coming up real soon. Baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and a whole lot more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat when you buy so you know exactly what you're going to get and what to expect when you arrive. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, literally. Two taps, you're done. And they're going to send them right to your phone. You don't have to go looking for them inside your email. Nag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. College football season is here, and this season. Locked On is kicking up our coverage. Every Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and they're going to go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insights and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 11 a.m., 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You're not going to want to miss it. So, numbers matter. Um, stats don't always tell the whole story. However, there are certain numbers that do matter. We're going to talk about some of those numbers right now in this segment. Try and remember, USC is 5-0, and and the schedule is, this is really when it's going to start stepping up. Arizona, they're not going to be a pushover. They they actually played Washington pretty tough at home. Uh, held them to held the Huskies at twenty seven points. Washington's scoring not as well as USC, but they're up there. So uh, we're going to see what Arizona can do on the road against USC's high octane offense. But let's start with the number zero. Not Marshall Lloyd, but zero seconds. USC trailed against Colorado. And USC has trailed for zero seconds against any team this season. Let's see if they can extend that streak. Uh, because right now the Trojans are the only team remaining in the FBS who, who have not trailed yet. Came close against Colorado. Didn't happen. That would have happened at the very end. We're thankful that it didn't happen. That's me knocking on wood. Uh, how about the number two? Those were the uh, how many touchdown receptions Brendan Rice had. He's had at least one touchdown reception in all five games this season. And he didn't have a multi-touchdown game in, in his career until the Cotton Bowl against Tulane last year. So, um, Rice, right now, he has three multi-touchdown games in his last six outings. And he's done it in each of, his pa- in each of the past two games. Rice also leads USC uh, with seven touchdowns, which would tie him for second in the country nationally. So it looks like he's actually carried over his Cotton Bowl performance 
And that's what everyone was anticipating. Uh, this is not a good number. Three for nine. That's what uh, what USC did on their third down conversions against Colorado. There was a, it, within that number, there was a kneel down. And USC was, so I guess technically they were three for eight on attempt, you know, trying to convert third down. Still, not a good number. Three for nine, three for eight. That's 33% or what? Not even 40%. Uh, after the first drive of the Arizona State game, USC's starting offense, they were 15 for 23 on third down conversion attempts. That's a great number, staggering percentage. 62.5% of the time, they were converting. To put that number into context, Washington State, Wazoo, from the Pac-12, they lead the nation right now with a 59.6 third down conversion rate. Since that opening drive against Arizona State, uh, the Trojans' starting offense is three for 14 converting third downs. That's a 21.4% conversion rate. Like I said, be better. In the second half, in the second half against both Arizona State and Colorado, USC is just one for eight on those third down conversions. That is not going to get it done when they hit the road against Notre Dame. I don't know if that'll get it done at home against Arizona. Oh, and by the way, that one conversion, it was a Caleb Williams touchdown pass to Brendan Rice against Colorado. Here's another number that it sticks out like a sore thumb. 3.8. Those were the yards per rush attempt for USC against Colorado. Um, remember, this is the same Colorado team that could not stop anybody from running the ball. Lincoln Riley said the Trojans didn't play their best game in, up front and that he didn't call it very well in the run game, end quote. The offensive line, they gave up a sack and 3.8 yards per carry against Colorado. No, not satisfied. When you pull Marshawn Lloyd's numbers out of there, he finished with 84 yards and six and a half yards per carry. That's why I'm asking the question, why he didn't get more opportunity. But USC either couldn't or wouldn't run the ball to finish off the game. I, I just don't get it. They're literally, USC rushed for 22 yards in the second half after starting the final two quarters with a 34-14 to 14 lead. Then they ran the ball five times for 18 yards in the third quarter and had two full possessions in the fourth quarter and ran three times for 16 yards. There is not enough spin in the world that could explain to me why the Trojans did not try and run the ball down their throats. Again, this is a team that could not stop the run game. This is simply on the offensive coordinator. You know what his name is. How about this number? This is, this might make you sick. 193. Those were the net rushing yards for, for Colorado. 
I went over these numbers on a previous episode of Locked on USC, but let me remind everybody. Through four games, Colorado had rushed for 223 yards. They hadn't rushed for more than 75 yards in any of its first four games, yet they had 84 in the second quarter alone. Wow. And they were even more successful in their short yardage situations. On eight rushing attempts with two yards to go or fewer to gain a first down, eight for eight. I don't know about you, uh, but I'm still working through the first two stages in the five stages of grief. Denial and anger, they keep running around in my head like the Colorado Buffalo running backs were running on USC's defense. Tadour Sanders was part of that formula as well. Here's a number. Got that vomit bucket nearby? 564 total yards for Colorado. Those That is the most yards USC has allowed since Lincoln Riley has been USC's head coach. And obviously, by extension, since Alex Grinch has been the defensive coordinator. But that's just, they look just barely worse, barely, than the 562 yards USC allowed in the conference championship game to Utah last year. And it's also the first time this season uh, that USC let any opponent go over 500 yards. However, it's the sixth time in the past 13 games that USC has allowed an opponent to go over 500 yards of offense. Not bueno. Not good. How about 14? That's how many explosive plays Colorado had on offense. An explosive play is 10 yards or more running the ball. And if you're passing, 15 or more yards. Colorado had six runs and eight passes that totaled 341 yards against USC. Four of the six touchdowns for Colorado came on explosive plays. USC, they had 13 explosive plays. And that got them 315 yards. So you can see one more play in the passing game. USC matches it, maybe passes it. Four of USC's seven touchdowns came from explosive plays. However, they only had one play that went 30 yards or more. And that was the uh, 71-yard touchdown and run from Caleb to Taj Washington. You like the number 24? You should. It's the total number of touchdowns for Caleb this season. He's responsible for 24 total touchdowns through five games. If he keeps that pace up, he's going to throw and pass for 67 touchdowns in a 14-game season. The FBS record for touchdowns in a season is 65, and that's shared by Joe Burrow, 2005, excuse me, 2019 national champion with LSU, and Western Kentucky's Bailey Zappi. Who did that in 14 games in 2021. So he also has five more passing touchdowns and five more total touchdowns than any other quarterback in FBS this season. 
Caleb's doing his part. There's, uh, well, I'm going to stop with the number. Well, one more number. 48 points for USC. With 48 points against Colorado, the Trojans have scored more than 40 points in all five games of the season. Not even USC's 2005 team. Remember that offense? Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, Lendell White, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they didn't even do that. USC remains number one in the nation in points per game. They're averaging 53.6 per contest. The 37 touchdowns that they've scored are three more than Oregon, which is in second place. Just find a defense, please. It, and it doesn't have to be championship level. It just has to be good enough. I lied. One more number to kind of back up that final defense. 102. USC's total defense ranking after five games. It's not worse than the 2022 ranking, but it's close. USC is ranked 102nd in the nation. At this point last year, they were 106th. Not good. Not good at all. You know what is good, though? Bird dogs. The summer is almost over, but so what? Who cares? You can wear your bird dog shorts and clothing items all year round. Check it out. I am literally wearing my bird dog pants right now. Yeah. Pretty comfortable. I've got my bird dog Yeti tumbler. You can wear your bird, your bird dog shorts and clothing all year round as well. Bird dogs, they make you look good because they're designed to fit you slimmer through the thigh. They're going to give you that sculptured look. They're not going to fit you tight in that inseam. And they definitely they definitely fit way better than regular shorts or jeans. They're not made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dog uses an anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric. It's a wicking fabric. And that's going to keep you cool and dry all year long. Because really, who likes to stink? And for me, there's no trading places. I like wearing my Bird Dogs because when I look good, I feel good. Go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. Or I think they're giving away water bottles right now. You're going to get one with every order. That's birddogs.com forward slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college and they're going to send you a free water bottle with every order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, so we're literally at the halfway point in the season when we play uh, Arizona, game six, 12 games in the regular season, right? So what can be done at this point? You, we know you're not going, we, we know Lincoln Riley is not going to replace the defensive, cord, defensive coordinator at the halfway point. And I don't think anybody should expect or anticipate seeing significant improvement that's probably not coming. And I'm referring to the defense right now. Uh, look, we can remain optimistic, you know, kind of cover our eyes and hope for the best, but that's probably not going to be any more productive than you and me and everybody else, you know, constantly complaining about it. What they need to do on defense Riley just needs to convince 
um, Alex Grinch to find a base defense. So look, unless the players do not understand how to play a base three four or a four three, I'm not sure what Coach Riley can do. <laughs> Pardon me. The bottom line is the defense that um, Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch likes to use. It, it's overly aggressive. And it, it puts the defense, in, puts too many players in what we like to call all or nothing situations. And what's bad about that is, in theory, the defense, if it works perfectly, it's going to create pressure on the quarterback, and that's going to help create turnovers. Well, USC is not creating turnovers like they did last season. So just when you all of a sudden now you have the defensive line and the rush end position solved, the linebackers and the secondary units are playing inconsistent. They're playing like they did last year when they didn't have the numbers and the depth to kind of cover up for the lack of personnel. Well, they've got the personnel now. But Bryson Shaw is not a coverage safety. But not many guys his size who play safety can stay with any type of you know wide receiver who plays in the slot especially if you don't have deep help you're that's what i'm talking about putting players in a bad situation all or nothing if you don't make the play you're going to look bad it's kind of like keeping your cornerbacks on an island with you know and you're lining them up in passive coverage and there's no safety help behind them it, that's just an odd decision, especially if you're not blitzing, creating pressure. Personally, I think USC has the personnel and the depth to run a 3-4 defense. You know, go with Bear and Stanley and Solomon Bird up front. You've got Dejon Benton and, and Keon, Keon Bars and Tyrone Tulaney and Anthony Lucas and Jack Sullivan. That's a great rotation. Here's my linebacking crew. Go with Jamil Muhammad and Romello Height outside and then you can mix it up with shane lee and eric gentry and rajon davis and tacka curtis inside there's, there's a whole bunch of combinations you can use that that work best with that linebacker group just get your best talent on the field simplify things even if the other team knows hey they're playing a three four at least your own defensive players know what to do Give yourself a chance. On offense, Riley doesn't have to change a lot. Um, one, because he's got he has Caleb Williams playing quarterback. That's a great equalizer for a, for everything. Um, but he does need to make sure that the run game is used more efficiently and more effectively. Marshawn Lloyd, Austin Jones, Darwin Barlow, and if USC has the big lead, Quentin Joyner. Marion Peterson, you know, in my opinion, Marshawn Lloyd, Austin Jones, Darwin Barlow, they need to have a combined 20 to 27 runs per game. And they need to accumulate those numbers by the middle of the third quarter. Large leads in the second half should be used to give the offensive line a chance, to, you know, flex their physicality and to pad those, those 20 to 27 touches running the ball. And then when they, if the games do get tight, and they will, 
the play calling can't revert to, you know, Caleb Williams doing sidearm passes uh, for quick outs in one-on-one type of situations with the wide receivers. Because eventually, you know, those short gains, you end up in third and long, and then you're throwing downfield for incompletions. I don't like that offense. Just more balanced. Look, Lincoln Riley is the one of the best play callers there is. I wouldn't want to trade him for anybody else. With that said, a few things can be, can be done differently. Uh, time management, using timeouts over the last six, seven games of the season, it's going to be vital, especially uh, if USC is playing in these shootout type of games. And don't forget, you've got Washington and Oregon coming up sooner rather than later. I'm going to start breaking down the uh, game against Arizona this weekend coming up on tomorrow's episode. You should know USC is a 22-point favorite already. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, that Arizona that Arizona Wildcats team, um, they played Washington pretty competitively last weekend. They held the Huskies to 27 points. Are they going to be able to do that to USC inside the Coliseum? I don't think so. But we're gonna take we're gonna start peeling back the layers and see what Arizona is all about this year. That's on tomorrow's episode of Locked On USC. When you're done making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Head on over to WeRSC.com. I'm telling you right now, there is a lot of great written content, and you're going to want to pay to read it. We've got a subscription special. Take advantage of it. Locked on USC. Your first listen every day, though, for free. Until I see you tomorrow, everyone, you know what to do.